Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. Good morning, good afternoon. Who the hell knows when you're going to get it? Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me for the weekly live topic. And this is, in fact, part three of Routines and Habits. So for those of you who do not know me, I am V Vinci. I am a registered counsellor, relationship and family therapist and founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. I help people rebuild healthy minds and lives by identifying the core behaviours that need to be addressed in order for real lasting change to occur. So I'm going to totally get stuck into tonight's topic and you can do a catch up where we are on this pretty quickly by watching previous lives or listening to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting stores um, because I give pretty much a quick rundown each time. So back to tonight. May's named Stuff This, It's Too Hard because May can really feel like pushing shit uphill, let's be honest. We are right in the space where we can have the bunny in the headlights look going on. What happened? How did we get here? It's nearly June. So over the last month, we've looked mostly at breaking promises to ourselves and how that can enable the very behaviours that cause us to break our own promises and the embarrassment that we can feel and hide that can prevent us from doing the very thing we need. Restarting. So we would all know we need to either restart or for some, simply start somewhere by now. And this leads us to the polarizing world of routines and habits. You either love them or you hate them. But routines and habits are the key to consistency, which is the key to achievement, right? Now, sometimes at the end of achieving or achievement, I say achieving goals, But you know, the the reality is it's not about achieving major goals or milestones. Achievement is simply putting one foot in front of the other. Shit, half the time, if I've got out of the house without screaming at my kids, that's an achievement. That's all I need to do. And you've got to pat yourself on the back because, you know, some mornings are crazy town. And so that's what I want people to understand about routines and habits Being consistent gets us where we need to be. So over the last couple of weeks, we have focused on understanding the psychology of forming habits, choosing habits that lead to success, and then knowing how to form the habits. Week two looked at the automatic nature of habits, why habits are hard to change and how to change a habit. Now, I have to say, that one was my probably my favorite because the one thing that can solidify a habit is the very thing that can break it. So what is it? It's our environment. Changing your environment can both create and change a habit. And this is where we really start to look at the things we want to change with intention. Meaning we focus on what we want to, uh, and then put into place tiny little elements that set the habit 
before we can make the massive change. We then looked at setting up a reward system and focused on good rewards having three key characteristics. They occur immediately after the action that you wanted to take. They are related to the action, so you can only do them when you do that action, and they are small. A reward doesn't help habit formation by giving you something to work towards. It helps you form habits by making you feel good about the actions after you do them. And this brings us to tonight's topic, feeling good. Great, I can hear everybody say, this makes a bloody change. We aren't talking about things that make us feel crap. Woohoo! Winning. So at the core of habits, routines, goals, hell, anything really, that we want is the explanation and difference between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. Are you doing something because you like it? Or are you doing something for a reward? If you are doing something because you like it, then you're intrinsically motivated. If you are doing something for a reward, you're extrinsically motivated. And here's the kicker, you will do it less. If you want exercise or writing or strong relationships or flossing or literally anything that we've talked about over the last few weeks to become a long-term habit, you would want to stick with intrinsic motivation. If you want to know how to make something a habit, intrinsic motivation is the key. So what's the difference? Well, extrinsic motivation is when we are motivated to perform a behaviour or engage in an activity because we want to earn a reward or we want to avoid the punishment, all right? So you will engage in behavior not because you enjoy it or because you find it satisfying, but because you expect to get something in return or to avoid something unpleasant. So intrinsic motivation is when you engage in a behavior because you find it rewarding. You are performing an activity for its own sake rather than the desire for some external reward. So the behavior itself is its own reward. So which one is best? Well, one comes from outside the person and the other within. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if, if you've worked with me for a little while, after all my work, which looks at internal events, you would think the answer may be internal, but that's actually not necessarily correct. Studies have shown that offering excessive external rewards for something you already internally enjoy will reduce your motivation to do it. When children are rewarded for playing with a toy that they have already expressed an interest in, it means they're already playing it or playing with it or they're gravitating towards it anyway, that when they are given a reward to play or do the very thing that they wanted to do, they become less interested in the toy pretty much straight after the reward is given. They, they will walk away from it. So this is not to suggest that extrinsic motivation is a bad thing. It can be beneficial in some situations and it can be particularly helpful when a person needs to complete a task that they find unpleasant. But the key really is figuring out, well, when is it beneficial and when isn't it? So give me a, let me give you an example of when both intrinsic and extrinsic can be at play at once. And I think that this is going to relate to a lot of people because a lot of the time we really want to do something and we've got to figure out what stops us. So sometimes it can be because both of them are in play. All right. Now, simple example. I actually love to cook. 
Surprise, surprise. A lot of people are always surprised at that, right? And I do, I love to cook. I actually find it really relaxing. So I love it until I have to do it all the time, okay? Now, you're getting me, right? We're all bloody off that dinner train. What's for dinner? So this is the thing. Because I love it, I am more motivated to do it. So that's the intrinsic bit. But I still need to push myself because the time factor and the needy family factor, which is the external bit, they both play a part in why I don't want to do it. All right, so going backwards to our topic on habits and routines, this is where the external reward comes in handy. Finding an external reward will get you started. What keeps you going is your enjoyment of the actual event, the intrinsic motivation. In fact, you may find that this happens to you. It's something for you to look at and apply to, you, to yourself, both in where you break your promises to yourself and how you can restart. Because if you're breaking promises to yourself because you don't like something that you're doing, then you've really got to look at how am I going to figure out how I'm going to make something a part of something I enjoy to still get me where I want to go. Because if you're forcing yourself to do something you hate, it's not going to work, let's be honest. So let me give you three of the same examples of intrinsic and extrinsic, right? Intrinsic, reading a book because you enjoy the story. Exercising because you want to relieve stress. Cleaning your home because it helps you feel organized. That's an intrinsic motivation. You do it because the reward is an internal one. If I use the same examples for extrinsic, so now you're reading a book to prepare for a test. So you're reading the book because you have to. Mostly it's probably because you don't want to fail the test. I mean, that, that's pretty much it. So that's to avoid a punishment. Exercising to lose weight. Now, this is a big one because a lot of people do this exercise to lose weight, but that's an extrinsic motivation. Most people aren't going to hold that. They're not going to keep it because there are some people that either don't want to lose the weight or they freaking hate the exercise. It's about figuring out how am I going to work in something that I love to keep me doing something that I don't always want to do. Same with the cleaning. If you're cleaning your home to prepare for someone coming over, you're only doing it because you have to. So now we go back to rewards and specifically when to apply an external reward, whereas we've just seen that they can backfire. So you can apply them when you are motivating a person to learn something new. You can use them when you're trying to make a person more interested in an activity that they are absolutely not interested in. This may be the weight exercise factor. Okay, so finding the right exercise might be something that motivates you more to lose weight. It also helps to provide feedback to people to let them know their performance is worthy of recognition. You know, to say, hey, this is let, let's do this because I think this is going to be good for you. Why don't we? And then we put in a little carrot, okay? We do not want to use external rewards when a person is already interested in the topic task or activity. We don't want to use it there because then we're just going to turn them off. We don't want to offer a reward when it makes the activity feel like it's work instead of play. All right. So this is the whole thing with the cooking. 
I actually find it relaxing. So it's almost a bit of play until it feels like it's a bloody chore. And it still has to be done. I've just got to find a way to push myself that little bit to go, I've just got to get over that hump. Because I know once I'm doing it, the old habit and the old feeling will pop in and I actually relax and, and it's fine. I just need to get there, okay? So I've learned that about myself. So both extrinsic and intrinsic motivation drive human behavior. So in a way, they are both good. The key is to figure out why you are motivated to do things and encourage both types of motivation for yourself. So know which one's gonna work on which at which point. But again, if you are doing things you hate, you won't be doing them for long. Forcing yourself to make something a habit or suffering through a habit is a recipe for disaster. That's why the rewards themselves have to be small. They need to be small enough to avoid shifting your motivation and just large enough to create an extra boost of good feelings that you associate with your action. So when you combine rewards with environmental cues and carefully selected actions, you will have a recipe for strong and successful habits. Now, Go back, if you're just joining in on number three, go back to one and two over the last three weeks because this one may consolidate the package for you. Now you may get a sense of, oh, shit, yeah, I get it now. And then the question becomes, oh, what's an environmental cue? How do I carefully select an action? I've covered that in one and two, okay? So go back and have a look at them. The last question and the one I promised you last week, but sort of sidestepped. If you manage to complete each of these steps, how long will it take to form a habit? Well, if you Google that question, you will come up with pretty much one of two answers, 21 days or 66 days. Neither of them are probably fully correct. To be honest, I have no idea where number 21 comes from because exactly three weeks seems like someone pulled it out of their ass, but it doesn't seem to be based on the psychology of habits. Some of the information that I managed to source for, for this article or for this topic this was, was a study that was done. So the 66 days comes from that study, but the problem is, is it doesn't actually say it takes 66 days to form a habit. It says that in that study, with that particular habit, those participants took an average of 66 days to form a habit. So it's a little bit fickle. The real answer, as usual, is, is that it depends. It, how long does it take to form a habit? Well, it depends on the habit that you wanna create. It depends on your ability to control your immediate environment. And even then, participants, participants in the original study took anywhere from 18 to 200 days to establish their habits. It may be possible for you to build a habit in just 18 days. It may not. If you focus on choosing the right small actions, building the right environment and using the right small rewards, then the habit you build will be stronger and it will develop faster, okay? So there is no answer to that. It's going to take more than a week, but does it have to take a year? No, it doesn't. One of the things that I talk about in my um, Bust Your Blind Spots bootcamp is our superpower being the ability to direct attention, okay? So 
if you are able to, and this is why I focused on this one, because if you are able to choose the right small actions, okay? So now we're really focusing, what are the actions that are gonna get me to my goal? So we've directed a line of attention somewhere. Then we look at what's the environment? Okay, now I'm directing another line of attention. And what are the, the right rewards for myself? Oh, three very directed lines of attention that are all heading to the same point. When we direct attention, where energy go, or what is it? Where, where energy goes, uh, it will flow. All right, so all of a sudden, if we're directing into this point, the reality is, is that where you direct attention, you will make change. So if you are putting them all into the one bucket and diving into a space that you want, the likelihood is that, that you're going to develop it faster because that's where your attention is going. And then it just becomes a bit of a rinse and repeat. So how does this fit into our big picture? This has been about getting you back on the horse if you have fallen off come May. A lot of people like to go, oh, well, fuck it. It's May now. I'll just, you know, eat the rest of the chocolate and be done with it. No, no, we don't need to do that. If you have broken a promise to yourself, if you have given up on something you want, if you take the chance to invest in yourself and you stopped putting in the work, then use these steps to guide you back to your intrinsic motivation. Set your rewards and go after what you want. Now, we have been, I've, I've got a program running now, it's called Me, Myself and I. It is a six month, pretty intense program. It is really, really good. Everyone, it is, the first cohort is coming through, they are loving it. And it has been a big investment in themselves, both financially in a way, it's a big upfront cost because over the, you're getting me for every week for six months. So it's a great investment. People are putting that in. And when you put an investment into yourself, you will get a reward back. A program like that is allowing someone to slowly unpack the puzzle and be supported along the way. It's not generally what happens. And that investment in themselves is beginning to pay off. And this is the beauty of something like that. All right, anyway, we can talk about that another night. So this is the final of um, routines and habits. I will be back next week with something else. I haven't even pulled that out of the bag yet. I don't know. But if you have any questions, please feel free to drop me a message. We will get back to you. Thanks, guys. See ya.